Hello, hello, good evening, and welcome back to Spinning Around with Haile Minogue on Area 3000 this Monday night, where we are currently cooking up some savory tunes and sugary sweet conversation. I'm your host, Haile Minogue, and coming at you again, flapping my big fat bill at 5pm AEST. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thank you for tuning into our airwaves today for more conversations and mixes with dance music's latest and greatest. So I've been going at this show for a little while now, but you know who's been going at this land for a lot longer? The Warrantry people. Everybody put some respect on the name of the traditional custodians as well as their past, present and ongoing relationship with the land for the many, many, many generations to come. If you're tuned in, whether it be live on your commute back home or after the broadcast lying in bed the morning after a big night out when you went to kick-ons and clutched your phone fully ready to transfer a couple pineapples to your mate for an express ticket to sunrise only for everything to fall through and have you heading home in disappointment. Well, Molly, instead of using that cold hard cash for something white that'll be gone in a minute, use it to help someone black that'll be here forever and make a donation to pay the rent or the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service and help the wonderful folks that provide the much-needed resources for the mob today. My first guest this week is a Warring-based disco DJ duo who have a solid foot or four in the world of club-converted disco and funk. Since their beginnings in 2018, they have grown in underground renown for their insanely clean edits and remixes of some serious dance floor classics like Patrice Ruchin's Haven't You Heard and Evelyn Champagne King's Shame. Labels from across the globe, such as Fresh Take, The Disco Express, and The Basement Discos have all fallen in love with their infectious style, teaming up with them for multiple singles and full releases. Despite having separated for two years with one half in Sydney and the other in Nottingham, UK, they are now reunited right here on our shores and are diving right back into running events over the summer season. And let's hope that they find their way over to us here in Nam too. My guests are none other than Tom and James, aka Tuesday Brunch. Hey guys, welcome to the show. How are you going? Hey, Doing what's well? going on? Doing well. Excellent, excellent. Fellas uh, and audience, everybody that is listening in uh, today, I want you to understand that uh, last week, Tuesday Brunch, we're actually meant to come on, on the bill with the infamous Caitlin Medcalf. Unfortunately, we had some audio uh, technical issues. Uh, shout out to our sponsor, uh, Audio Technica. Uh, <laughs> that we're not sponsored by them. Please sponsor us, though. Um, with this, we've unfortunately had to record, well, rather re-record um, this interview here today. So I am more than happy um, to be speaking to these two again, because the last time we chatted, it was fantastic. So, uh, thank you very much for joining me again uh, on this night here today. Uh, thankfully, uh, the guest that was actually meant to come on this week, uh, who I will not name and shame, uh, <laughs> have unfortunately had to pull out. So uh, now we can get you guys uh, to fill in the spot and uh, you'll be joining the uh, uh, also uh, local favorite, uh, Marley, as well from Nam. Um, so, fellas, the last time we chatted, we talked about the fact that uh, Tom, uh, who has uh, spent a couple of years over in uh, Nottingham, uh, has now returned uh, to a lovely, lovely surprise uh, that was actually set up by him in a very heist-like fashion. Oh, yes. Um, Tom, for the audience out there, can you recall for us exactly how you did that for James? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I actually did it for a bunch of people. So I surprised pretty much all the important people in my life. Um, most of them, most of them, to <laughs> leave anyone out here. But um, so like I, I, I surprised my my mum, my dad, my sister, one of my sisters, um, James, and then one of our other mates, Jack, just all in this string over a week. So we were let out of hotel, uh, hotel quarantine on the 10th of May on a Monday. And we came home that Monday, 
sat at home waiting for my mum. So she walked in the door with her bags and stuff, and I go, oh, hey, how you doing? And she goes, what the fuck? What are you doing? <laughs> a couple hours later, I got my sister, and then, yeah, later that week, I'd been liaising, uh, liaising with James's parents and um, chatting with them for a couple of months, and I was like, okay, so we got like back and forth. We're like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. He's going to come in at this time, and we're going to make sure that he's not suspecting it. He's coming in to help his dad do something. And then I was just waiting, stood at the uh, the top of the stairs. So, uh, yeah, we got him. Yeah, it was good. James. Can you actually can you uh, give us your very honest first thoughts of when you saw Tom? Was it oh yes or oh shit? <laughs> it was it was definitely uh, oh shit. Uh, but, <laughs> nah, it was um it was great. My boss was in on it as well, so um he called me in the morning, and gave me the day off work, and just said there wasn't sort of any work going on at the studio, and I didn't need to come in and stuff. And I thought sick, I got a whole day off. The surf was good. It was such a sunny winter's day. I was like perfect. So. I uh, I was just about to go get my boards and go for a surf, and then that's when mum and dad called me and were like, oh, um, we're going to need you to come over and help us move some stuff around the house. I was like, on on my literally, this is so rare that I get a day off. I was just like, on the one day off, they want me to come and move a bunch of stuff. I was like, oh, all right, make it fast. And then sort of went in, and yeah, there's Tom. Boom. Got him. It's wild. I think I, got, I think I got my yearly quota of what the fuck's in about <laughs> a space of 15 seconds. You know, it's great, though, because... It- Tom, you can say, is one of the only friends in your entire life that has actually gotten you a free day off work. Like, that yeah, is exactly. literally illegal. Like, you, you, can't, you literally can't, can't, can't do so much that. more, hey? Yeah, can't ask so much more, you know? <laughs> it seems like things have been going pretty well since you've gotten back. I mean, you've put out this uh, new release uh, on with the Basement Discos, which is fucking fantastic. And Thank we've actually you. played one of the songs uh, off of that here uh, tonight. Tell me a little bit about the recording process for this. Did you Were you guys split apart uh, whilst making this, or did you start working on this when Tom came back? When we were both in the same country, a lot of the songwriting process sort of started when we were together, um, writing at each other's houses and stuff. But then we obviously had to change and adapt when um, Tom went overseas. And so it kind of became this whole new thing where we were trying to figure out what was best and we, we would start by sending projects and stuff. But what we sort of landed on towards the end and what worked the best was we'd kind of start ideas and um, we'd send each other ideas and basically... If one person was like, oh, that, that's sounding really great, but I keep going, we've got that trust there that they, to say if Tom sends me a demo that is just like through the roof, I know that I can leave that with him and it's going to come out shining yes. so fine. And it's kind of it's kind of the same the other way. Like yeah. we, we each play to our strengths and stuff. And um, so a lot of those tracks, um, they're not really... Some most of them, the two of us haven't worked on them. It's usually um, solo tracks, but under the same. I think project. I think we we both sort of uh, we both sort of share it a lot. Like it, it'll be like a main idea. So like um, with our with our first basement EP, James would be like, oh, like this is this is pretty much the polished project. Can you just you know add some like a little bit of interest to it? Because you know you get tunnel vision on a track, and like you get to a stage and you go, I I, I can't add anything else to this. But then James will send me, and I go, okay, well I'm just going to put in a little string line here, and a little bit of fa- like a phaser there, and like just like small little things that just add just that extra little ten percent that you need. And it's kind of when you step, you kind of when you step away from a track as well. And I mean, yeah, like Tom said, you get tunnel vision and you think the track's perfect. Whereas I could send something to Tom and he immediately hears that it needs a string. It needs an extra hat line. It needs this and that. So it's a, it's a great sort of process that we got down and 
Um, so those tracks sort of came from ideas each of us had started. And then, yeah, kind of just we had so many demos kicking around and, you know, um, we just sort of went through and picked what we wanted uh, stylistic-wise for that EP with The Basement and sort of came up with that uh, final track list. Yeah. I'd actually love to know uh, how many demos you guys collectively have oh my god sitting around oh my god Dude, and, and how many of them actually see the light plus of day plus 40 you should see our soundcloud yeah i reckon at, I reckon at least <laughs> the private i think like in the vault probably about 40 like right now Whoa. like usable mm. demos that like you know haven't seen the light i think we probably have like 10 probably like 10 solid oh, ones mm. that we could send off right now for a release on top of the on top of that maybe like another 10 or 15 like ideas that just need to be tweaked and then we've got some ones from back in the day that i still have on my usbs oh. that i go through every now and again oh man do you remember this like it'd be like some oh there's uh, there's a couple and those ones are usually they just need that last 10 percent of work yeah. like they're they'd be pretty good to go you could spend just a day on it and they'd be gone it's just the thing like i remember like we've got this uh sample vault uh, a playlist on Spotify where every time we hear a nice song that we like that we'd like to sample, we add it to that. And just you know, that must have like two hundred songs in it that we just. I, that's what it we use for like immense. a little bit of um, yeah. like creative sort of inspiration. So you go through there and like the, all the time when I'm looking for a little sample and stuff, you'll be going through it. And I just heard that string line that, da, 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 da. and I was like, okay, that's good. I'm like, okay, so I like that. And then I'll loop that. I'm like, well, what can I go, where can I go with this? And then there was just a really nice sort of breakdown section where there's just like a little bit of vocal to it. And that's really all the song is. It's just that. And then like, we've just, just picked on the favorite parts of the song. Like, you know, the, the best parts of the song had a nice, you know, thumping baseline behind it. <laughs> and that's it. So uh, you guys... Uh, before you started Tuesday Brunch, uh, we're actually producing under this name Buck Knight uh, as a duo. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, I remember last time we were chatting that you guys were producing trap and hip hop. And this was on like, uh, what was it? Like four tracks or eight tracks um, that you had on the light version of... This is yeah, Ableton Light. <laughs> oh, man. So, Ableton Light, we were producing on there. And it's a maximum of eight tracks that you can have on there. So we got to these, like we would stack up these drum uh you know drum channels and like we have different piano channels like all this different stuff with like eight instruments on the one rack so oh, that God. we could save as much space as possible with the cpu's going up to like 140 <laughs> percent and we'd just Our be sitting poor, there like oh. laptops <laughs> a few times what what i would do is like you know i'd get the song and i'd export it and then re-put that one track song into it again and then add more stuff to it oh wow crazy. holy shit like, you, you got to get innovative with these But that is a, that is a mixing nightmare. Like trying oh, to mess. You have no <laughs> idea. It's so bad. Because then you'd go back and you're like, oh, there's something that I fucked up in the original yeah. track. Now I have to go back, export it again. And then it's bounce the track and wait two years for it to come luckily, out. Luckily, we knew, we knew nothing about mixing at that time. So it kind of didn't matter. <laughs> we knew yeah. nothing about production at the time. <laughs> god it was, just, it was just us throwing stuff together like luckily like you know james and i both did sound and music design at uni and i reckon like 80 percent of things that i know came from outside of uni like james and i are doing some you know we'd be sitting there like i'm like what the hell does a compressor suit like what does a compressor do like what is this and like we'd put it on and like the channel would just get fat as fuck you're like oh shit okay oh. well compressors do something <laughs> sick i don't know what it is let's put it on there like, and like so we, we spent so much time just james and i got oh look i've got this new technique like this is how you do like a super chopped up like synth line for some trap beats you uh, know I'd, I'd actually like to uh speak to you guys on uh something that has come up 
recently from Zach, um, who also goes by the name of Cassettes for Kids. Um, so it's a it's a bit of a more serious topic, uh, but I feel like it's something that us three might have uh, quite a good discussion on because we're all uh, sampling, uh, you know, lovers. We love to do this. Um, with this, uh, Cassettes for Kids recently came out with an Instagram story uh, inciting discussion about the morals and ethics of white or non-black artists um, sampling primarily black artists um, and whether uh, morally and ethically speaking that is okay or whether there is a particular way that we should do it in the industry. I I obviously noticed that, you know, um, you guys love disco and funk and soul and those are primarily African-American uh, music genres. I myself have also love to sample uh, hip-hop um, and R&B, also primarily uh, African-American genres. Do you think, or rather, what do you think are the moral considerations that we have to take into account when taking uh, samples from these artists? I think it's, sampling itself already is such a... It's a almost devious task. Like, you know, you're, you're taking the work of someone else, someone's poured, poured their blood, sweat and tears into it. So it's it's a really fine line to just with sampling in itself. But again, I think like, you're absolutely right. It's a tough conversation, but, you know, you don't get anywhere unless you're having the tough conversation. So I think it's an important one. Um, I think it's hugely important that, you know, put, you know as you said, like predominantly uh, black and African-American people have been putting this work in to this genre of music and like they absolutely need the recognition. So I think morally as an artist like you need to be willing to accept that you know this isn't your baby like it's this is someone else's work so you got to make it shine you got to you got to you know put that behind it. and you got to also like i said it's 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 not all your work like you need to respect the process and you need to respect you know the people that have come before you and the you know, the the soul and the the heart that is these different genres of music well i mean there is also that and then on the other hand Sampling has given birth, no, regardless of who has done it, has given birth to some of the uh, best sort of evolutions of music, um, has given birth to some of the best tracks that we've ever heard as well. Obviously, you know, 90s hip-hop sampling is fantastic. Um, even, you know, <clears throat> uh, you know, late 90s, uh, early 2000s uh, electronic music. All, all of it, yeah. So, yeah. so much. Like, you know, listen to Arden Van Helden, like all that stuff, all the good like 90s house, like, mm. like Terrence Parker, like that. a lot of that is sampled disco and that sort of stuff. Mm. It's their reworks. It's, it's them putting it back in, out into the community. So like it's, it's, it's good that the, the music is seeing new light, but I think it's just really important that it doesn't get whitewashed and people just don't go, oh, wow, how good is this, you know, this genre of... Mm of uh, this new genre of house which is it's just disco edits like you, you have to you have to like in in the recent year or so i think we've both tried to make a bit more of an effort to just make sure we're not just throwing out a you know a crude sample and a, a hi-hat over the top like, oh you none, gotta, of, your, you none gotta, of your tracks are like that by the way none of but, them like we we make we make an effort to do that because you don't want to you know you want to make this track shine and you don't just want to be re-releasing something without doing anything to it mm. you know you've got to put a little bit of you into it while still respecting the original artists. Oh, yeah. I, I for sure reckon the, uh, and I mean, Cassettes for Kids has a great, a great um, point with sort of bringing up this topic of conversation. And I think as artists as well, and artists who are sampling 
and that's such a major part of their work. And I would argue that the vast, vast majority of artists who do a lot of sampling, they're not just ripping it off to benefit themselves. Usually it's to pay homage to the great the great tracks and the great songs and the great artists who came before them. And I would argue that the vast majority of artists who are sampling these days keep that in mind when they are sampling tracks. Yes. And they are doing it with the most utmost respect and it's because they have such a love for that sort of music or that artist or that sort of style. And I think mm. if I think if there is like Tom said, there's even a chance of sort of whitewashing and just um not appreciate it for for what it is or sort of um, going over the top of these artists and things like that. Um, I think there's definitely got to be some greater education around the origins of music because guaranteed almost every single bit of music anybody listens to today derives from African-American artists. So we True. without yeah. without African-American artists, we wouldn't have nearly, I don't think, 15% oh sorry we would only have about 15% or less of the music we have out there today for sure that is a scary how, thought how boring mm. how boring would music be oh yeah so that's those sort of values and those artists and those styles are preserved and it doesn't become lost just to the art of sampling and just making something new from something that's older I have had a fantastic conversation with you guys uh, and um, I want to bring it up a little notch because I feel like it's just been me giving you questions and you guys are talking about yourselves as a collective. But I want to see how well you guys actually know each other. Uh, because, <laughs> you know, you've been, you've been with each other for uh, how long now? Uh, has it been like 12, 14 oh, we years? We worked this out the other day. Oh, like, I think it's like 16. Yeah, 16 it's, years. it's up there. It's up there. Since high sure. school. You've, you guys have been friends since, since you were very, very young. I mean... Little pups. Do you feel like anything's changed in your friendship since since then? Oh well, uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Like, like, nah. like all good relationships, we started pretty strong. You know, <laughs> we, got, we got really serious really quick, and um, we just sort of stayed on that trajectory. The I love you so, came um, really fast. <laughs> oh man, I love you. Do you, do you remember the uh, Do you remember the very first I love you bomb that you uh, dropped on each other? It must, oh, it's gotta be. When like was a, that? Where was it? Like a some sort of like little high school party when we're like fifteen or sixteen. It's gotta be, yeah. gotta be some. Oh, uh, uh, no, I really love you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> little, little schoolies uh, event on the beach, you know. We throw a lot of love excellent, around. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, no, sure. that's nice. Uh, we talked about this the other time, but uh, both your partners must be very jealous. Oh, so uh, jealous. Of this. Yeah. They know it's a package deal, yeah. you know. They they wish that uh, they had with you what you have with each other. Uh, it's, a, it's a it's a difficult conversation when you have to bring that bill up. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a series of questions that I would like to I would like you guys to answer either individually or collectively. Um, it's just to see the dynamic between you guys and how uh, well you know each other. So question number one: What is the other person's spirit animal? <laughs> What, what? James, you go first. I'm going to say <laughs> Tom wouldn't agree probably, but for sheer brute force, and I've seen him play rugby before, it's got to be a rhino. The man, charge, the man charges forward at yes. any yes. occasion. I'm going to say that. Or a bear, because when you hug him, he just doesn't let go. Oh, that's nice. That's so nice. That's it. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying to think what sort of... 
what sort of animal doesn't pick up his phone and fucking <laughs> is never organized? I can't think of it. <laughs> a weasel. Oh, <laughs> groundhog. Groundhog. James Mate, is should, the weasel oh, groundhog. Let me let oh, me show shit. you some messages sometimes. Yeah, you and, see it's these. Just, and it's just like me, like four days ago, like, hey man, like like just read this you know listen to this read this like are you good to do an interview on this day no response like 28 hours later and i've sent him four messages like hey man just listen i know you're on my sounds like a slippery little snake right (laughs) (laughs) you know what i reply i reply right after the this is a really nice text hey man i got a song for you can you listen to this hey man can you do this hey can you sign this visa form so my girlfriend can stay in the country hey blah blah blah. really friendly really polite and then it's all of a sudden answer me fuck face (laughs) and that's when i know i've pushed it too far that's 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 real friendship when um when when you piss each other off you can actually just go at it like uh exactly oh yeah all right what was the hardest moment of your friendship and i want you guys to give two two of your own events easily for me easily for me it's got to be one tom moving overseas for sure i mean i'm sure i hope he would agree um but but yeah i mean one day you've you got your best friend living around the corner and the next minute he's halfway across the world and it's not even the same time zone, you know? So I remember there was a whole sort of bit of the start and I was like, fuck, am I, is, mess- is the only time I'm going to be able to message him really early in the morning when he's just getting up and I'm going to bed and vice versa? Like, I, I don't know if we'll ever talk, but it was actually way, way easier than oh, good. you'd think. Okay, nice. What about you, Tom? Yeah, I, I'm just trying to think. Like, I, there hasn't. He's going we, through the list. He's going through been, the list. <laughs> we've been we've been super lucky in our relationship. Mm. Like, you know, like we've we've generally had fairly good times our our whole life. There hasn't really been any major moments, any shockers. Like, I think, pardon me, me moving overseas was a tough one because, like James says, like, like, this is a guy like you know James and I, when we can, like we're with each other like four or five times a week mm. like we're wow. generally at each other's place a lot we spend a lot of time together so it was really weird to suddenly like you know especially because we did six months of travel through south america and then then i flew to the uk and then it was just like cutting the cord instantly so it was, it was really weird that you you know you couldn't just call up like all the time and like chat with them which is again which is strange for us like we we mm. talk on the phone pretty much any other day that we're not with each other so it's weird <laughs> But um, I think, I, you know, I, I think the, the only tough thing I can, can think of is uh, I remember my, my, my dad and his girlfriend at the time had a really rough breakup. I think oh, when I, must, yeah. I must have been like 15 or 16 and it was, it was really rough. She turned out to be a psycho basically. And it's like some really like left, some proper left field shit happened. And it all, it like all kicked off at about three o'clock in the morning, maybe five o'clock in the morning. And on like a, on a Wednesday morning, I remember like all the shit going down at home and then me and dad just been, all right, come on, let's get out of here. We jumped in the car and I just arrived at James's house and just sort of like walked in the front door and his mom's like, Hey, are you okay? I was like, yeah, not really. <laughs> and dad's like, dad sort of explained what was going on. And then I lived at James's house for like the next month or oh, two. Wow. And, and just it sort of... was sick. <laughs> it was awesome. As a kid in high school, having your best friend live in your house is pretty epic. I would recommend. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. But yeah, I think that's probably the only tough thing that's ever happened in our lives. Like, Let's go to the next question. <laughs> what are you most thankful for about this friendship? I think for me, 
I'm going to take a little snippet from my uh, 21st speech that I gave to James. Is the uh, just the 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 time time that we spend together? It's just the time that we spend together. You know, it's just it's just really really nice. I remember in my 21st speech, like I was lining up, I was like, I'm going to fucking take him down a few pegs. Time to really like rip into him. And I was trying to think of like every single embarrassing story. <laughs> and there's like like there's generally no like bad stories that I had, James. So I remember in the 21st speech, I was like, you know, I was going to try and talk about some like special times or things that were really important or like you know extra lovely and i'm like there's just none like they were all just really nice and like we would generally have like the best time ever just sort of sat around yeah. at each other's house yeah so i think that's probably the thing i'm most thankful for i've got uh, i've got two things that come to mind one is tom's drive just to succeed at just everything he does and he just goes above and beyond to just get the result that he wants and you know it's 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 almost every week he's got some other venture that he wants to do or something he wants to build or something like in the other day he's like oh i'm really interested in building my own sound system like who the, who does that who just like decide, wakes up one day and just goes i'm just gonna build a sound system and i went what I go, I go what do you mean like a like just buying a bunch of speakers and doing surround and no the guy literally wants to build his own speakers so, like so during our interview last like when we tried last week you said james mentioned he's like oh you know like Tom's got to drive. He always wants to do cool shit. At that time, on the other screen on my laptop, I had about 13 <laughs> tabs open with like dub forms and like reggae dub sound systems and like, you know, like Inner West Reggae Machine, those sort of guys that built their own systems and just go around just pumping out like low frequencies. I look at that and I go, how fucking sick would that be? Like to make your own system that you can take to like warehouse parties or like fucking events. This like, is exactly what I'm talking be? about, Jay. This is exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. And if it's not lo-fi, <laughs> Low, low frequency dub speakers it's something else this is this but, is weaponized um, passion just just yeah, weaponizing sure. passion it's fantastic what's what's a level above weaponized <laughs> what's that? But, um, i'd also i'd also say just um the, just to know the the meaning of and it's gonna sound cheesy as fuck but Do it. the meaning of true friendship i gotta say i don't think i've ever had a friend like tom and i don't think i'll have a friend like tom and so, um, yeah, I got to say, um, shout out, shout out Tom. He's, uh, he's been the best friend a, uh, a boy from Sydney could ask for, you know? For, for those who can't see um, in this Zoom call, they are looking at each other with uh, doe eyes at the moment. It is. I think I see a tear in Tom's eye, by the way. <laughs> it's a heartbreaking <laughs> moment. I think I'm going to cry. Good. Oh, God. Um, <clears throat> uh, all right. Uh, the last question we have. Let's say that uh, for both of you, a genie came into your lives, just individually, mm-hmm. just two different genies, right? And they came over to you and they said, Tom, James, I am a powerful genie that can grant you one wish. And you have it in your head that you want to use your wish. Uh, by the way, this is a horrible way to use one wish from an all-powerful genie. But you <laughs> have it in your head that you want to annoy the other person as much as you possibly can for a total of one day. I'm going to say like Tom's text would never send through to me. So (laughs) that's, but that's honestly, that's a reality. So I I wish for that. (laughs) I was, I was literally thinking that's, that's probably the thing that would have been more than anything. Having James not reply to me. But sometimes Uh, I will go a whole day without replying. Oh, sorry. I was wondering. Um, I would I would say 
Um, I would I would make something technically go wrong with James's uh, studio setup in cool. that. So either at work with the Pro Tools, um, his shortcuts don't work and oh, things no. keep glitching. Uh, basically, he just has technical troubles when on music software for a whole day. I would, that I think that's. Can about you describe it. what James looks like? When looks like when things don't work out technically. Oh, a, lo- a lot of head shaking, just <laughs> like heavy breathing, just like a lot of head shaking back and forth. <laughs> I don't get, I don't get overly mad. I just get it, just stressed, and my head just starts. <laughs> and like, especially at work, like I, I work for um, a post production or uh, like a film studio. And I do all the audio there. Yes. And I'm on like three, sometimes four screens. And if something's not working, I'm like. <laughs> fingers on the keyboard things reloading and i've had my boss actually tell me before just to be like slow it down like if something's not working i'm like he's like just can you go slower i'm like oh my god so yeah that's uh that's a a pretty pretty great answer um i would have to say something to do with tom's vinyls if anybody knows tom they know how much the man loves his wax and I would say something like his his vinyls that he keeps so dearly clean and pristine and perfect. I would say like if they got sent in the mail, they're creased, they're damaged. Oh, that's a oh, that's a massive thing. And he said oh, that before. No. And or I would say they would be skipping on the record player, or if he was at a gig, somebody touching it or it jumping around and <laughs> zipping or something. You know, that definitely something to do with his vinyl for sure. You, you sound very precious about these. Oh, like I'm <laughs> precious, but like I, 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 actually, uh, I, I actually had like I had like three instances in the last sort of uh, like year. I bought a bunch of stuff off Discogs, and it's all like, yeah, this is like very, very good, like near mint, perfect condition. I was like, sweet, let's go. And he sent over this awesome like this track that I absolutely love, and I got it. And I was like you are fucking kidding like <laughs> I, I ordered these all that arrived in the uk and then because by that stage i was already heading home so i'd already sold all my turntables and stuff so i had to put it into a box and then ship it to australia so by the time i first listened to it it'd been like four months since i bought it and i listened to it the first time and it was jumping and it was oh. dusty and like it wasn't sitting in the grooves properly and then it happened on two others um i hadn't spent less than I hope my girlfriend's not listening to this. <laughs> on on these three records that are pretty much unplayable, I'd spent like almost two hundred dollars on them. No. Yeah. Oh. yeah like for all three of them, like yeah. And oh that's the god. answer I'm sticking with. Oh man. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, it's just yeah. Did you throw it them across the is. room? It is. No, like I just it's glorified frisbees yeah. at this point, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It's, it makes you question why you even buy vinyl. Because you just, like, I look at it, I go, I have a better version of this on my USB. It sounds better. Why am I bothered? Like, Tell you what, though, the payoff is, the payoff is pre this Sydney lockdown. So um, when I wasn't breaking any rules, but we did a, a small party at um, my place. And basically it was um, sort of a vinyl vinyl day slash uh cook up so me and my girlfriend and another friend and his girlfriend we all cooked all this food for 20 people it's huge and then we also had turntables and you know i'm i'm not a big vinyl collector at all i usually get them just for sampling or if something you know jumps out at me but for tom i know that it's it's an entire passion and so 
up to up to like you know hearing all the money Tom spends on vinyl, the trouble he goes through for all these records. I always thought, oh fuck, why does he even bother? And then on that vinyl day when everyone's whipping out the coolest wax, I was just like, that's why. Uh, that's why. Uh, it's it's. It's so it's so silly because it's such a flex. Like, yeah, it is. Sometimes I do like I was you know I was thinking about it yesterday actually. I was like it's, it is just like oh really I you know, actually have this on vinyl. It's pretty cool. Eh? It's <laughs> such a weird weird thing to be like. But you feel, but there is genuine like a genuinely pleasurable feeling from that. Oh so, yeah, honestly. Like it's it's when while I was in the UK I only had a set of turntables I didn't have CDJs or anything so I, all I was doing was vinyl to vinyl and it was so cool like you know, it, you know for all the time we we're in lockdown we had this like golden hour that my girlfriend and I used to do where we'd go up into the sunroom at like sort of six o'clock in the afternoon and all this light would come streaming into the room and we'd just sit there and listen to records and uh, it would be so much fun. you know it was never like we'd you know some days we'd listen to some housey stuff most of the time it's just sort of like more sort of laid back jazz shit or whatever we could find. And uh, it, was, it was really cool. It became like a, just a cool little routine for us. So, yeah, I can, uh, I, I can definitely tell that a lot of, a lot of intimate moments were shared in that sunroom. For sure. <laughs> um, no guys, uh, no, I didn't mean anything by it. Um, <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you to our sponsor Durex for uh, sponsoring the show. Um, Guys, thank you so much uh, for joining me on on this interview once again, despite obviously how the recording went last time. But I'm glad that we were able to chat again because it quite genuinely is nothing but a fun time when I speak to you. And, um, you know, if, if anything, this also translates to when I listen to your music. It's only a fun time. You know, I, it, it's it's so enjoyable. It uh, makes me feel incredibly energized, and I feel like I come out with a fucking, you know, the sun on my back. Uh, it's hot and it burns, man. but it's very nice. <laughs> you know? I love that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so kind much. Yeah, sorry. No, I, I hope you enjoyed the interview as well. Of course. Oh, yeah, so I was going to say, let's just, should we just make this a weekly, just make it a weekly thing by now? Or? Oh, sure. Uh, of course, too. We should, we should, have, we should have a beer. We should have a beer. This is prime time. Oh, Man, man. I, I would I would actually love to have a, a beer or five hundred with oh. you guys. That'd be fantastic. One day, well, let's, let's one put one day. in the books. Put it in the books. Yes, yes. Hopefully, hopefully the uh, the audio fucks up again. And we can do this. Again. <laughs> yeah. uh, just per- just purposely put it on it or something. Um, <laughs> excellent. No, um, thank you guys once again. I am so so happy um, that we are actually able to spin your mix as well because it is by and large one of my favorite mixes that i've received on this show so i do appreciate it um people like you heard uh during the interview there are some unreleased goodies from the one and only tb aka tuberculosis i mean tuesday brunch um there is also you know some of the new releases out as well um including the one from basement disc from the basement discos and i believe you put some from the disco express on there as well so uh, we're all in for a very, very fantastic time. Uh, tune in after this as we do have the uh, ever so wonderful Marley from Novel uh, based in the Nam scene coming up right now at 7 p.m. Thank you so much for joining me once again. You've been listening to Spinning Around with Hailey Minogue on Area 3000, putting on Tuesday brunch right now. Hey.